Amen. Come on, can you stand to your feet and worship the one that came to set you free this morning? This world might not have anything for you, but Christ has come that you might have life this morning. Amen. I'm glad that we serve a Savior that's able to do exceeding abundantly beyond what I can ask or even imagine this morning. Amen. How good it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. You can be seated as we prepare ourselves to go into the presence of the Lord in the form of his word this morning. How many of you are glad to be here this morning? Amen. How many of you need Jesus this morning? Amen. I know I do because I don't want to stand here under my own power and under my own anointing. I want the power of the Holy Spirit to rest upon me and dwell within me. And I pray that you desire the same. I know we've done a lot of praying, but we're going to pray one more time and ask that the Lord just descend in our spirits. Heavenly Father, we thank you that even though this world has nothing for us, you have every single thing we need. And I thank you, Father God, that you didn't gather us here in vain this morning, but you came ahead of us. You came to prepare us, Father God, to be set free and to be loosed by the power of your presence and by the power of your word. And I thank you, Father God, that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them, ready to do your work, Father God. So I pray, Father, once again, that your anointing would rest upon me. And God, that you would anoint my words and anoint my mind and that you would touch my body, Father. So that you would be seen and you would be heard, God, and that you would be glorified. Pray that you would come against every hindrance, every distraction. And Father God, all the struggles and the the difficulties of this week and even of this morning, God, as we prepare to come into your house. Rescue us and set us free, God, by the power of your presence. We give you the praise and the glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. The title of my message this morning is wrapped up in rags. I based the title of my message or my sermon on John 11:44 where Jesus calls Lazarus forth from the tomb, where Jesus performs the single greatest miracle of his ministry. It's where after 4 days of death, where after 4 days of darkness and 4 days of decay, Jesus calls forth Lazarus into his glorious light. With one single command, Jesus orders Lazarus to come forth from the grave, and he does. He is raised from the grave. It's the greatest New Testament Testament miracle recorded, but what I want you to see this morning is there in the midst of it all. There in the midst of this mighty move of God. There in the center of this monumental miracle stands Lazarus, still wrapped up in grave clothes. There stands Lazarus, all bound up with no place to go. He's alive, but he's still in bondage. He's alive, but he's still wrapped up in rags. And that's where I get the title of my message this morning. And sadly, that's exactly how far too many of us are living our Christian lives today, in bondage, all bound up with no place to go, all bound up with nothing to say, all bound up with nothing to see, church. We're in bondage. We've been called forth from darkness, but we're still not free. We're not free from sadness, and we're not free from sorrow. 
We're not free from depression. We're not free from fear or frustration. We're not free from the the earthly rags of this wicked world. We're we're not free from the the lust of the eyes or the lust of the flesh or the, the pride of life. We're not free to worship and we're not free to sing. We're not free to lift up the hand and we're not free to dance because we've still got our grave clothes on. We've been called out of darkness, but we're still wrapped up in rags. And that's why God has given me this word this morning, because some of us need to be loosed, because some of us need to come forth from the darkness and some of us need to be set free, free from the things of the past, free from our failures, free from anything and everything that keeps us from experiencing life and life to the full, free from anything that keeps us from experiencing life and life more Abundantly. That's why God has given me this message this morning. Because some of us need to get up out of our grave this morning and come to Christ like Lazarus did so that we can be loosed and set free. So that we can have life and have it more abundantly. But the sad reality is, church, for years, God has already been calling some of us to come. For years, God has already been calling some of us to come out of the darkness of doubt and the the darkness of fear. Been calling some of us for years to come out of this place of pride and arrogance so that He can set us free, so that we can have life and life more abundantly. For years, God has been calling some of us to come to Him with a sincere heart. But we've been coming into His presence with a phony heart. We've been coming into His presence with a make-believe heart. We've been coming into His presence with an insincere and a stubborn heart. But God wants to set you free this morning. The reality is, for years, God has been calling some of us by name. We know His voice and we know His call. He's called us in the middle of the night. He's called us out of darkness as we're making our way to work. He's called us while we're in the middle of a business deal. He's called us while we're going through the fire and going through the flame. He's called us while we're in the middle of a flood and in the middle of a mess. But we've yet to respond to the voice of the Lord. We've yet to pick ourselves up out of the middle of our mess. We've, we've yet to pick ourselves up out of the middle of our pig pen like the prodigal son did so we could make our way to the Father so that we could have life and life more abundantly. And that's where my opening text takes us this morning to the very words of Jesus spoken in John chapter 10 verse 10. Where he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life to the full. Not life to the, to the little, but life to the full. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But the sad reality is there's some of you in this house this morning that don't have an abundance of Jesus. You don't have an abundance of joy. You don't have an abundance of worship and praise. You don't have a dance deep down inside of your soul. Why? Because you're still wrapped up in rags. Why? Because you've still got your grave clothes on. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm glad Jesus didn't come so my glass could be half full. 
I'm glad Jesus didn't come with a partial blessing in His hand. The Word of God tells me that He came full of mercy and full of grace. And the half has never yet been told. I'm glad, church, that Jesus didn't make some half-hearted attempt to reunite us with the Father. Didn't make some half-hearted attempt to, to make us right with God. Because the Bible says He poured Himself out like a drink offering. He emptied Himself on our behalf. He came that I might have life and have it to the full. The Bible tells me that He lavished His love upon me. And while I was still a sinner... And while I was still wrapped up in rags, in the, in the fact that while I was out there doing what was right in my own eyes, He died to set me free. I'm glad that Jesus held nothing back. I'm glad that Jesus didn't come to take anything away from my life except the curse of sin and death. I'm glad that He came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. Understand, Jesus didn't come with just enough power to dig me out of my grave. He didn't come with just enough power to dig me out of darkness. He didn't come with just enough power to bring me forth and then leave me standing there wrapped up in rags, church. He didn't come to call me out of darkness only to leave me standing there in my grave clothes. I want you to know this morning that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to set you free. I want you to know this morning that Jesus Christ came to loose you from whatever it is that has you bound up this morning. He came to free us from the curse of sin and death. He came to free us from the snares of the devil. And the reality is, some of you are trapped this morning. You got your heart in the the snare, in the center of the snares of Satan. But Jesus has come to set you free. Jesus has come to free you from sadness and sorrow this morning, from heartache and headache. It's come to free you from fear and frustration, to free you from guilt and shame and condemnation that just doesn't want to let you go. Came to separate us as far as the sins from us, as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. I want you to understand that Jesus came, like I said, full of mercy and full of grace. And He's able to meet every single need we have according to His riches and glory. So please understand whatever lack you might have this morning. Whatever shortage you might be experiencing in your life. Whatever lack of joy you might have. Whatever lack of peace you might have. Whatever lack of prosperity you might have in your life. And I'm not just talking about dollars in your bank account. Whatever lack of faith you might have. Whatever lack of, of, of favor you might be experiencing in your life. I want you to know that Jesus came that you might have life. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing in your life. Amen? He came that you might have life and life more abundantly. I want you to know this morning that you've got a good measure God. You've got a God that is able to press good things down into your life so that He doesn't leave you there half full, so that you can experience life and life overflowing. He has come that you might have life, good measure, pressed down, 
He's come that you might be able to expect that He can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what you can even think or imagine this morning. And yet, far too often, we live like we're still empty. Far too often, we live like we're still lacking. Far too often, we live our Christian lives like we're half full instead of overflowing. The sad reality is individuals in the house of God that call themselves saved, that call themselves set free, we come into the presence of the Lord with some half-hearted worship. We come into the house of the Lord with some half-hearted praise and some puny little dance. We come into the house of the Lord with no song, no dance. We come into the house of the Lord thinking that Jesus came empty-handed. We come into the presence of an almighty God thinking He still owes us something. Thinking that He forgot about our need. Thinking that He still owes us something, church. I want us to understand that the Word of God tells us that He has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Colossians 2.9 tells us that Jesus came in the abundance of heaven and in the fullness of His Father. And John 1.16 tells us that of that fullness we have received. Of that fullness we have received. Of that abundance we have received. Of that overflowing we have received. Of that good measure we have received, church. All of it through Jesus Christ. All of it through the cross. We have received it. Through Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus didn't come unprepared. He didn't come unqualified. He didn't come ill-equipped to fill the longings of our soul. Because the reality is there is one who can fill or satisfy the thirsty and fill the hungry with all good things. And he's the one that came in the fullness of his Father. And his name is Jesus Christ. He came to satisfy us, church. Jesus didn't come with a bunch of IOUs in his hand. I want you to understand that Jesus will never owe you a a refund. Jesus will never have to give anything back because he didn't measure up, because he didn't do what he said he would do, because he, he left us wrapped up in rags. I want you to understand that the same one that called you out of darkness is the same one that can set you free. The same one that brought you out of the miry pit is the same one that can give you life and life more abundantly. But you've got to make your way to the Father. You've got to respond to His voice and respond to His call. Like I said, far too often we live our lives like He still owes us something. We worship like He still owes us something. We praise like He still owes us something. We serve and sacrifice like Jesus still owes us something. Like the blood of Jesus Christ wasn't enough to put a smile on my face. Like the blood of Jesus Christ wasn't enough to cause me to clap my hands. Like the blood of Jesus Christ wasn't enough to make me worship and make me praise and put a little hop in my feet. We live our Christian lives like the blood of Jesus Christ was not enough to set me free. But He has come this morning that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you, Willie. Why do you think Jesus was able to say, it is finished, as He hung on Calvary's cross? 
Because he made it clear that his work was done. He made it clear that the provision was provided. He made it clear that he had nothing left to do. He made it clear that he didn't have to come back tomorrow and hang back on that cross. I want you to know when Jesus hung on that cross and said, it is finished, he provided us with everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. He provided us with everything we need. To have a little song deep down in our soul. He provided us with everything we need to run into the house of the Lord. Excited to be in His presence. Gave us everything we need to trust Him. Gave us everything we need to obey Him. Gave us everything we need to follow Him. He gave us everything we need as He hung on Calvary's cross church. He said He was able to say it's finished. Because as he hung on Golgotha's hill, church, he gave us life and life to the full. He gave us healing instead of sickness. He gave us peace instead of punishment. He gave us acceptance in place of rejection. He gave us joy instead of mourning. You understand what Jesus did when He hung up on the cross, church? He gave us life and life more abundantly. And yet so often we come into the house of God and we stand there wrapped up in rags. Unable to give Him some praise. Unable to give Him some worship. And we wait for Him to do just a little bit more. Now if He would just give me that job, woo, then I'd sing. If he would just give me that job, woo, I would dance. If he would just do a little bit more in my life, then I'd love him with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I think we forget, we often forget the words of Job that said, Yay, that he slay me, yet will I serve him. Yay, that he slay me, yet will I praise him. Yay, though though the cords of darkness wrap themselves around me, I will stand up and praise the name of the Lord because I know He can set me free. Amen. This is who we serve this morning, church. We sit around like lumps on the log. He would just play the right song. If my neighbor would just this, then we will praise him. I'm trying, sister. Praise God. Bless God. Amen. That he has come that we might have life this morning. The reality is 2,000 years ago, Jesus came in the fullness of his father. Please understand the depths of that. He came in the fullness of His Father, lacking absolutely nothing. Lacking nothing, church. Please understand, Mohammed didn't come in the fullness of His Father. Please understand that all of those other individuals that claim to have access to God did not come, church, in the fullness of their Father. L. Ron Hubbard and Christian Scientology didn't come. In the fullness of his father. I want you to understand that, that, that Joseph Smith and the, the one who proposed the, the Mormon religion did not come in the fullness of his father. Asai and Dogen, who were into Zen Buddhism, they did not come in the 
fullness of their Father. There's only one individual that came in the fullness of heaven. There's only one individual that came with the power to set us free. There's only one individual that came that we might have life and life more abundantly. And His name is Jesus Christ. And He is worthy of our praise. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love when we get excited, but yet, church, even as blood-bought believers who have received His fullness, we're still living like we're lacking. Even as blood-bought believers, we're living like we're wrapped up in rags. Like I said, look around, especially when you're up here. We worship like we're wrapped up in rags. We give like we're wrapped up in rags. We serve a risen Savior and sacrifice a risen Savior like we're wrapped up in rags, church. When we ought to be doing this and we ought to be doing this and we ought to be doing this, church. He came to loose you and set you free. We do marriage. We do family. We do friendship. We do ministry sometimes like we're wrapped up in rags. Why? Because we're just like Lazarus come up out of the grave. Because we still got our grave clothes on. We still got the wretched rags of death wrapped around our head, wrapped around our hands, wrapped around our wallets, wrapped around our feet. Wrapped around our tongue, wrapped around our eyes. We're wrapped up in grave clothes, church. And we wonder why we're half full. We're wrapped up in grave clothes and we wonder why we have half a song and half a dance and half a a word of praise. It's because we're like Lazarus, church. Listen, you all know the story. It's a story every single one of us uh, learned in Sunday school. Like I've already said, it's one of the greatest miracles recorded in Scripture. For four days, Lazarus was dead. For four days, he was wrapped up in grave clothes. For four days, Lazarus was held captive by darkness and death. And his body, yes, was already decaying church. For four days, he was wrapped up in grave clothes until Jesus set him free. Until Jesus called him by name and then loosed him from his rags. Please understand, Jesus didn't raise Lazarus from the grave just to turn his back on him and walk away. I want you to understand, Jesus didn't say, come forth or Lazarus, come forth. Watch him come forth and then turn his back on him and leave him there wrapped up in rags. I want you to understand this morning that the same Jesus that called Lazarus was the same Jesus that said, loose him and set him free. Because Jesus knew Lazarus couldn't have life until his rags were removed. He knew Lazarus couldn't have life until he loosed him and set him free. Listen, your heart might be beating this morning. Your lungs might be breathing. But if you're wrapped up in grave clothes, you're just like a dead man. If you're wrapped up in the wretched rags of this world, if you're wrapped up in the wretched rags of doubt and fear and all of those other things I talked about, you might have breath, but you don't have life. 
You might have breath, but you don't have abundance. You might have breath, but you don't have freedom. Jesus has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We stand around in our grave clothes and we wonder why we're not enjoying life and life to the full. Standing around in our grave clothes of pride and arrogance. And we wonder why we're suffering. Because Jesus said, pride comes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a great fall. This is what you and I need to understand. Some of you are sitting in a grave of pride this morning. You've heard God call you. You've heard God mention your name. You felt the hand of God press down upon the soil of your soul. But you're sitting there in stubbornness waiting for something else to happen before you get up out of that grave and hop to Jesus Christ. Please understand, Jesus has come to set you free. But you've got to want that freedom. You've got to want those rags removed. Please understand, as difficult as it was for Lazarus to come forth, he did. Because he wanted life, and life more abundantly. As bound up as Lazarus was when he heard the voice of Jesus, he didn't stand there still. He did whatever he had to do to get to that voice that called him out of the darkness. He was lying there in the grave. He was at death's door, and he heard the voice of Jesus echo through the darkness. And he rose up, and he said, I'm not going to sit here anymore. I'm going to make my way to Jesus. And some of you got to do the same thing. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how wrapped up you are. I don't care how sad your song might be. I don't care how somebody done you wrong. I don't care what your difficulty and your rags might be this morning. Jesus has called you forth to set you free. You see, the reality is so many of us, we think... I don't want anybody to see my wretched rags. I don't want anybody to see the soil of my soul. I don't want Jesus to to see me like this. And we think Jesus is going to judge us when we come. We think Jesus is going to lightning bolt us when we show up in our filthy rags. But I want you to know, Jesus, God doesn't look at your rags. God looks at the work of Jesus Christ. When He looks at the willingness of your soul to come forward into His presence, He doesn't care what you're wearing. He doesn't care how dark your your situation or despair was. He just wants to set you free through the blood of Jesus Christ. Some of us like to hide behind those grave clothes. We really don't want anyone else to see. See, here's what you have to understand. Grave clothes covered up decay. Grave clothes were originally meant to look good. To, to have a, a nice white appearance. And the reality is some of us hide behind those clothes. So that no one else can see what's really inside. And we live a lie, and we wonder why we're not free. We live bound up, and it's because we're hiding, and we're not letting God loose us and set us free, church. It's time for some of us to take off the mask and take off the rags so that Jesus can see who we are and set us free. Amen? Listen, 
We wonder why our marriage is empty. We wonder why our family life is empty. We wonder why our faith is even empty. We wonder why we have to be dragged into the house of the Lord. And it's because you still got your grave clothes on. It's because all you can do with a dead man church is drag him around. You understand what I'm saying? The only thing you can do with a dead man is drag him around. I don't want to be unkind on Father's Day. But if you had to be dragged into the house of God this morning, you got your grave clothes on. If you had to be nudged and pushed and pulled just to get you out the door into the presence of an almighty God, you better look in the mirror because you still got your grave clothes on. You're still wrapped up in rags. You understand what I'm saying this morning? I don't mean to be unkind. But if someone has to drag out your worship, someone's got to drag out your praise. If Pastor Chad has to, to plead to get a song... You better look in the mirror because you're wrapped up in rags. Because Christ has come that we might have life and life more abundantly. The sad reality is there's a lot of us that like it that way. A lot of us that like the darkness. Some of us like the taste of things that are passing away. Some of us like the taste of corruption. Some of us like the taste of carnality. Some of us like the taste of those passing pleasures of sin. Some of us like to look upon the unclean thing. It's why we do it every night when everyone goes to bed. It's why we look at it in the workplace when no one's looking, because we like to look upon unclean things. Some of us like the feel of those filthy, wretched rags wrapped around our flesh. We like the way it feels. Nothing else fits right. Nothing else is comfortable. But boy, I like these rags. They feel good. Please understand, Christ came to kill that old man. He came to take off those wretched rags and he came to put on a robe of righteousness. And that robe is only provided when you're willing to come up out of the grave and come into the presence of Jesus Christ. So we can take those wretched rags and put the rags of Jesus Christ upon your life. Some of us like the darkness, the Bible says, and it's why we don't come into the light. But I'm here to tell you this morning that you will never find life in the company of corruption. You will never find life in the darkness of your grave. You will never find life when you're wrapped up in rags, church. It's why Lazarus had to be loosed. It's why the angel of the Lord who watched over Jesus' tomb said to the ladies who came looking for Jesus, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why are you looking in this place of death for life? Why are you looking for life in a bottle of booze? Why are you looking for life in a packet of pills? Why are you looking for life in a pornographic magazine? Why are you looking for life in those things that are destined for destruction? Why are you looking for life in those things that are passing away? And the angel of the Lord said, you won't find him here. You won't find life in the place of death. You won't find life out in this world. Just as the men sang, this world holds nothing for you. 
Because everything that it has is passing away. Everything that it has is rusting and fading and rotting away. But Jesus has come that we might have life and have it to the full. Look, in John eleven forty four, when Lazarus came out of the grave, he was still wrapped up in death. This is what it says. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes on. And his face was bound about with a mask. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Because until he was loosed, he couldn't experience abundance of life. Because until he was loosed, he could not live like he was free. Because until he was released from his wretched rags of death, he could not have life and have it more abundantly. Here's what I want you to understand. Yes, Lazarus came forth from the grave, but he still had his grave clothes on. He still couldn't talk. He still couldn't walk. He still couldn't see. And if you study it, you'll know. He couldn't walk because his feet were all bound up. His hands were wrapped to his side. He couldn't talk because he had a sachet of herbs in his mouth. He couldn't see because he had a hood over his head and it was bound about tightly. He couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. And he could not see church. Yes, he came forth. Yes, he was called from the darkness. Yes, Jesus called him by name. But he still couldn't walk, talk, or see because he was wrapped up in rags. And some of us are the same exact way. We've been called out of darkness, but we're still wrapped up in rags. We can't see spiritually. We can't walk in the light. We have no song. We have no testimony. We, we don't have those things, church, in our life. Why? Because we're wrapped up in rags. We're bound up by bitterness. We're bound up by greed. We're bound up by resentment and unforgiveness. We're bound up by the things of this world. We're bound up by the law. We're bound up by legalism. We're bound up by personal perfection. If I could just do this right and just do that right. If I could just undo this and just undo that. Listen, the power to loose you is not in you. It's in the blood of Jesus this morning. Please understand that. Lazarus did nothing to unloose himself. It was the work of Jesus Christ. Stop struggling on your own. It's not your personal perfection that sets you free. It's the work of Jesus Christ. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the precious blood of the precious Lamb of God. It's what we need to set us free this morning. But many of us are bound up, like I said. We've been called out of darkness. We've been raised from the grave. We've been called forth by name. But we've still got our grave clothes on. Listen, when Lazarus came out of the tomb, he hobbled out. And he wobbled out. And some of us, like I said, are doing the same exact thing. We're hobbling through life with no spiritual aim. We're hobbling through life with no spiritual vision, no spiritual song. We've been called out of darkness. We've been raised from the grave, but we still have no testimony. We still have no song. We still have no dance. We still have no clap. We still got no worship. We still got no praise. We still got no service. We still got no sacrifice. Why? Because we're wrapped up in rags, church. We've still got our grave clothes on. And I believe with all of my heart that there's some people here this morning that need to be set free. I believe with all of my heart this morning that there's some people that need to be loosed. There's some people here this morning who need to be rescued from their wretched rags of death, no matter what they might be, church. They need to be rescued just like Paul who cried out, Oh, what a wretched, wrapped up man that I am. Who shall rescue me from this body of death? Who shall rescue me from this body of death? 
This is what Paul was saying. Who shall deliver me? Who shall redeem me? Who shall offer me freedom from my flesh? Who shall release me from these wretched rags of death? He was saying, who shall set me free? But I want you to understand that the story doesn't end there at church. It doesn't end with a question. It doesn't end with Paul still wrapped up in rags. It doesn't end with Lazarus still wearing his grave clothes. Because Paul answered his very own question and said, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that my freedom comes through Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God that there's someone who can set me free. Thanks be to God that there's someone that has the power and the authority to loose me from my rags. Thanks be to God this morning that there's someone that's able to satisfy the thirsty and fill the hungry with all good things. Thanks be to God that there's someone that can fill you up so you don't have to go home empty, church. Thanks be to God that there's someone who can unwrap your wretched rags of death so that you can sing and dance and praise and worship. Carry your light out into this world. The reason some of us don't have a testimony to tell. We've yet to be loosed. We've yet to be set free. Please get this, church, as I bring this to a close. Lazarus might have hobbled out. And I'm not just doing this for dramatic effect, but Lazarus might have hobbled. He might have wobbled. He might not have been able to see where he was going, but Lazarus did everything that he could to make his way into the presence of Jesus Christ because he knew that the one that called me forth, the one whose authority echoed through the darkness and lifted me from the grave is the same voice that has the power to loose me and set me free. Lazarus come up out of his grave and he, he felt his heart pumping. He felt his muscles being revived and he's saying to myself, there's no way I'm going to go home wrapped up in these rags. There's no way I'm going to leave this place until I'm loose. And he made his way to Jesus. I don't know how far he had to hop. I don't know how far he had to go. But I promise you one thing. Lazarus could care less what anyone thought. Listen, his eyes were closed to everyone around him. He didn't care how many people were watching. He didn't care what anyone thought. He didn't care what anyone said. I'm just making my way to Jesus. Just listened for his voice. And he went to Jesus. Listen, for some of you to be free, you got to be willing to get up out of your grave this morning. You got to be willing to shut your eyes to everyone that's around you. See, I don't play pretend Christianity. I don't ask everyone to close their eyes so they can't see who's about to commit their life to the one who died for them. Lazarus didn't care and neither should you. 
Lazarus wasn't about to go home bound up and wrapped up. And I'm going to ask a prayer team to gather around the front here because Jesus wants to set someone free. Listen to me this morning. Some of you, your, your marriages are bound up. Some of you, your mind is bound up. Some of you, your families are bound up or your finances are bound up. Some of you, the enemy has you ensnared. I don't care what your need is. I don't care what your wretched rags are. All I care about is that you leave them lying here this morning and go home free. This is the word of the Lord. In John 11:44, Jesus said, loose him and set him free. He said at one time. He didn't call Lazarus a hundred times. He called him once. And it was powerful enough to bring him forth. He said, loose him once. It was powerful enough to set him free. I know it's Father's Day. I know you got plans. I know that some tummies are grumbling. But listen, you can't enjoy a meal if your soul is still bound up. You can't enjoy a meal today. If you've got this echo going through your mind, I wish I would have gone forward. I wish I would have responded to his voice. If you need freedom for anything, I'm especially calling the men, but I'm making this invitation to everybody. If you need freedom in every any area of your life, I want you to make your way now. I want you to get up out of your grave, get up out of your situation and be willing to come and find freedom in the presence of Jesus Christ. I'm inviting you to come if you need freedom in any area of your life. They're going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray a prayer over everybody, but this team has been prepared to pray a prayer. God has given them authority. Anyone. Some of you, I know it's your marriage. You need to be prayed for. Someone might be bound up with addictions, bound up with fear, bound up with frustration. I'm inviting you to come and be set free this morning. As Pastor Chad plays and sings, we're going to use just a moment for you to come and find freedom in the presence of Jesus. I need you, Jesus, to come to my Amen. If you need Jesus, please come. Where else can I go? There's no
thankful for His grace this morning, church. How many of you are glad that He whom the sun sets free is free indeed? Amen. Happy Father's Day. Be blessed and be loose.